Today on our show, we're counting our top ten parody, or is that spoof films? Spoof. Let's go, Polly. Welcome to the Countdown Podcast. This is episode 394. My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. Episode 394 signifies the, I think, seventh last episode in the current iteration of the show, Wayne. Episode 400 being the final. This is a, We've decided to do some big topics. The final version of this looking, sounding kind of... Oh, right, yeah. Did I imply Basically, we, we're, we're, you know what? It's not that big a deal. We're just discussing things other than movies after 400. And, and TV. And TV. Occasionally. Yes, occasionally. <laughs> so yes. We've got some big topics coming up. We had never done... Parody or spoof films. That's right. Amazingly. Exactly. At some stage we touched on comedies and we've done a different comedy list, but we've never done parody films. So that was a suggestion live on air through last week's show we may have heard. And uh, that's what we bring today. So we didn't differentiate between. We understand there's a different definition of both. One is a parody of a specific thing. The other is a spoof of a sort of genre, if you will. Yes. We've lumped them in together. So that's how we have approached today's and topic. And side note to the Americans, when we were young, well, when I was young, we used to say spoof, and we'd pronounce it spoof, and it meant come. No. So <laughs> if you're English. Is that? Yeah, I think that's the term. Is it? Okay, because I remember going, is that spoof? I'm like, what does that mean? Cheers. <laughs> really? Yeah, come. Okay. You're killing me, Small. <laughs> yeah, great. Great side note. So anyway, yeah. Glad we paused for that one. Parody and cheers, everyone. How about we pause no longer? Let's get into the segment which kicks off most every show. It's called The Recount. Who wants a recount? Who? Who wants a recount? Who wants a recount? It's the recount, Paul. What happened this week? Last week's show was episode 393, the top 10 TV opening credit sequences, which was one of our biggest episodes in a long, long time. Really? So thank you to everyone who got on board. And maybe got back into the show or downloaded it for the first time. And if you're following up with today's episode for your second listen, welcome. It's great to have you here. We have a vote every week on who had the superior list. And this one was close. <laughs> and the most number of votes we've had in a long time. Some of the feedback. Wayne, from your cousin, Mike T. Wayne, for Charles in Charge. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many other people knew that show, but okay. Scott Thornton said, Paul, for Dexter and Red Dwarf. Uh, Stephen Bird said, Wayne smashed it out of the park with a single pick. In fact, I think the new intro for the show should be based on the DuckTales theme, but with lyrics something along the lines of The Countdown with Wayne Aruzu. Oh, nice. Aruzu. <laughs> Aruzu. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, not bad. Alan Smith said, big miss by both of us for not having Miami Vice. But that, as that's expected, a good call. That's a good call. Having friends on the list was the reason for losing my vote. Shockingly, it was Paul who had it. Overall, Wayne had the better list. Wayne had the better list. Anyway, cheers, boys. Boyos, and looking forward to the new format. Thank you for that. Alan, David Powell said, Wayne did get much props. For the inclusion of Vernon Shirley and Charles in Charge, which are both awesome, Prisola. But in the end, Paul gets the vote for having all killer and no filler. And he clarified, Nicole Eggert played the daughter Janine, Jamie, sorry, in The Second Family, The Pals, in seasons two to five of Charles in Charge. Yeah, I remember, yes, I do remember now, because I remember him talking with her a lot about right. her, yeah. In season one, Charles was with the Pembrokes. Jennifer Runyon played his girlfriend, Gwendolyn Pierce, in the first two seasons. That's right. She was the chick Venkman was trying to bone at the start of... Ghostbusters. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> so thank you for the clarification. Very there. nice. There, David. Glenn Sutherland said, Wayne's DuckTales was a great return volley shop. Paul already won, had it won with Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf, big fans. And then lastly, Adam Cracknell. Paul gets my vote for having Buffy and Dexter as well as Game of Thrones being higher than sixth. <laughs> that is the correct answer. So in the end, I did win 39 votes to 32. So very close, 71 votes total. There you are. Very nice, nice show. Very nice total. Going to go on record now and say this week, I just went, you know what? Don't care. I am just doing me picks. And That's I, how it should always be. Paul. I know it, well, it shouldn't be political asshole. No, but I mean, like, <laughs> I know when I left that one out, even though that would is in my own mentions, and I could put it in at ten. No, I'm going to go with a film that no one mentioned at number ten, just to annoy. Well, maybe it's nine, whatever it is, uh, just so Wayne can have a win before he uh, move into the. No, no, no. <laughs> don't give me no favors, motherfucker. No, that's not absolutely not true. Uh, I would continue to pound Wayne as much as he likes to be pounded. What? That's right, little lube, all good. If I could. Uh, thank you to everyone who got back to us, and thanks to all who take part. The only place to vote is the Facebook list community. Links in the show notes. There's the plug for that as we head to episode 400 and the change in the show. Let's get into it then. The top 10 parody slash spoof, as Wayne says.
top 10 spoof films. <laughs> is the subject not quite of this week's countdown. All right, Wayne's pretty straightforward. We've explained the brief already. Yeah, I'm right. Do Let's you sp- yours. Or me first? Yeah, you go. I'm spoofing first. Here we go. Splat. My number 10 is a film which I think some people will expect to be much higher on the list. I found this a very amusing movie back when I saw it in 2008. Mm-hmm. It's directed by Ben Stiller and I believe written by he, Justin Thoreau. And Ethan Cohen. He writes a shit ton of stuff, Justin. It is Tropic Thunder. Now, interesting. Okay, that's not on my list, even though it's one of my favorite films. Only because, and hey, let's not argue about this. <laughs> no, please, argue. Have a go. Shoot it down. I don't think it's a parody or a spoof film. It's definitely <laughs> a parody. Well, it's, it's definitely a, a spoof of, no, of the not. action films. Yeah, because they're having a go at action films. But because they're showing the shooting of the action yes. film, it's not actually pres- 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 presenting as an action film. But it's it becomes a behind an action film. Uh, yes. All right. Yes. All right. Take it. Take it. I understand. Saw this on take multiple it. lists, including some of our listeners who, who weighed in on as well. Sure. But most importantly, saw it online and some of the, the big, you know, the screen rants and the whatever else. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, all, it's on a few lists. I just, uh, okay. About cool. making of. But then in, the, it's a parody slash comedy of filmmaking. But then it becomes a parody slash comedy about action films and the beats that you get from that. Yeah, I mean, they're shooting blanks at the end, but sure, okay. I I mean, there's explosions and timing explosions and people running away from explosions. In the context of making a film, but okay. Yeah, all right, okay. Well, I had to convince Wayne. Have it, have it. How have I convinced you? (laughs) Very funny, of course. I love the film, so there's no. I love hearing you talking about it. Quite risque as well. Absolutely. Now, 14 years later with Robert Downey Jr.'s character and, and the like. So. Dude, there's a there's a Joe Rogan with him and Robert Downey Jr. And Joe Rogan's like, could you make that movie today? No. He goes, hell no. Absolutely He not. says, you could try, but you would fail. No, you can't. But I think that's probably part of what makes the film so good. It was right at the edge. Dude, it was, he got nommed for a fucking Academy Award for that role. That's how fucking... Did he? Yes. For this film? Yes, buddy. That's wow. how accepted it was. It wasn't just accepted, it was accepted. I probably should know that if it's in my list, but I did ah, not. There you go. Uh, so, and, and also, I did hate Jack Black in this movie, but at least uh, he was amusing in it. So he was great in this film, man. Forget about it. No, he was the bomb. Yes, Topic Thunder is old. Is a, is on my top ten comedies of all time list. Ooh. Definitely. That was a question I brought up about. Just to segue for a moment. Sure. We've got all the topics bar one sort of to episode four hundred. I put a post up in the Facebook community today, mm. and people were coming back. And one suggestion, I think, it was David Power said, "Well, if you're doing top ten horrors of all time, surely you should do top ten rom coms because that's Wayne's favorite genre. That's not your favorite genre, is it?" I think I'm just a bitch. It's not. I don't even know what my favorite genre. My favorite genre is probably spy thrillers. It's probably top ten spy thrillers. Yeah, but see, it could be comedy. It could be rom com. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what my favorite. Do you want to? Do you want to pick for the last one what your favorite genre is, and we do the top ten films in that genre? We could, but we just talked about them so much. Let me think. Let all me right, think. You come right. back to you. Right, well, then let's go back to you right now for episode. Episode. Sorry, okay. Number ten. Number ten. Okay. My number ten is. Uh, by the way, this is a very nostalgic list for me on many points uh, because I grew up on. Comedies and some of them are parodies. This one is from 1984. And it's always been a favorite of mine, but it's very... I wouldn't say it's maligned necessarily, but it's not discussed a lot. It's called Johnny Dangerously. Oh. Yeah, it's a Michael Keaton film. I may have seen this once, but so oh. long ago I remember nothing about it. What it is, is it's a parody, I guess, on gangster films. It actually came out one year after Scarface, right? Yep. And even though it's not that type of gangster, it's more your 1920s kind of gangsters that it's making fun of. And it's got people like... A couple, couple years after Scarface? Was Scarface 81? 81, yeah, a few years, a few yep. years, yeah. So it's, it's a gangster films, essentially. And now what's funny about this is, yes, the, the, the whole movie is that Michael Keaton is this dude named Johnny Kelly. He lives a double life. At home, he's a good apple, looks after his ailing mother and whatever. But he's got this sort of somewhat secret life as a up-and-coming criminal being groomed by Peter Boyle, no less. Right, yep. And it's got like people like Joe Piscopo and Danny fucking DeVito. All these people in there that you, that you wouldn't know. Well, you do know, but it's like back in them before they were really, really young. It's a little bit like... Um, You're I, right, by the way. Scarface 83. 83, there you go. But it is pure hilarity in a very cheap, cheap way. And again, 84, I was a young kid. So for me, it was really funny to have a character like Roman Maroney who would just... His whole shtick was that he's foreign. So when he curses, he doesn't do it quite right. So for example, Paul, he would call you an ice hole or a bastage, a fargin, and so on. It goes like that. And it was piss funny at the time, trust me. It was like absolutely <laughs> lost It's a hard it. thing about this, isn't it? Some of these films are so far past. They're so far probably, past, yeah. it comes down. But like, I absolutely adored it. And Michael Keaton tells a story that he once met the Pope, and the Pope said this is one of his favorite films. 
<laughs> Pope John Paul. I was going to say, must back be in the day, previous back in the day. Pope, but yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, absolutely adored this film. If you're an, if you're not an old man Amy like Heckling, me, the director of Fast Amy Heckling, Times, exactly. High, yeah. Now people, people, some, some, some this is actually a little bit maligned this film because they go, well, after Fast Times or around Fast Times, the director of Fast Times. This should have been better. Yeah, clueless, right? Absolutely. But I adored it, man. And I'm actually a big fan of it. It was, weird. It was the first time I saw Michael Keaton, which is why I also had a problem with him being Batman until I saw him as Batman. So, you know, he's very young looking in this, as you might imagine. Yeah. She, geez. She directed this at 30 years of age and directed mm-hmm. Fast Times Original High at 28. I know. Holy she's, shit. And she's still doing some, Clueless and shit later on. Yeah, like, Clueless you know, in 95. So yeah. she's only 40 odd years old at that point in time. What well, about Amy Hickling? And, uh, all right. Nice. Nice pick for your. There you go, mate. Number 10. My number nine is a film that's pure me. Pure I don't you. think anyone mentioned this movie. That's okay. I loved this film when I saw it. It made me laugh so much. It's a spoof mm. of the sci-fi alien invasion genre. Sure. It's Mars Attacks. Really? Yeah. Tim Burton taking these old trading cards from, I think, the 50s mm-hmm. and bringing it to life with, I mean, now looking dodgy CGI, but at the time, pretty cutting edge CGI. At the time, it was insanely good. These horrendously bulbous green-head mm-hmm. aliens, Mar- well, Martians landing yep. and using their death rays and various bits and pieces to just comically destroy and murder big-name actor after big-name mm-hmm. actor through this whole film, which is what really blew my mind. It's, it's all in a sort of PG, very tongue-in-cheek oh, style. Here's the thing. It is PG, but it's not PG, man. These The way these people... They get decapitated and yeah. shit like that. They get, they get turned to, turned to, to ash. Like, yeah, ash. Like skeleton. Like, absolutely. It it's, I actually, is it PG? Yeah. Because it surprises me. I remember I think when, it is. when this came no, out, it up. was absolutely like, um, I was like, this is this sort of walks a very thin line of, it's comically funny, but it's quite dark in places oh, as yes. well. Abs- which is what I like about it. Yeah, I imagine that. It's um, Yeah, this is your Tim Burton right here. Actually, this is probably, yeah, now that I think about it, Tim Burton was really good at that. It's just that he was a little bit before his time. Wow. Yeah, look, listen to this cast, which is fucking stacked. Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. Glenn Close, Annette Benning, Pierce Brosnan, Danny DeVito, Martin Short, Sarah Jessica Parker. Wait, wait, there's more. Michael J. Fox, mm-hmm. Tom Jones, Natalie Portman. Very important with it. Yeah, and then there's like Lucas Haas and Jim Brown and Rod Steiger. It's Pam Greer and Pam Greer, Pam, Pam Greer. Greer, Pam Greer, Paul wow. Winfield, Jack Black in a little role as well. Say no more. So Christina Applegate, Kelly Bundy. Yeah, man, oh, yeah. this thing. No, no, it was, it was one of those big block things, and I remember it being very popular at the time. Very fun and just very silly, and I totally got behind it. So in the end, it's you know this crooning horrendous old song, which makes the alien's head sort of. Yeah, and explode. Yeah, it's a play on the four of the world. Yes, four of the worlds exactly. I remember the one scene where this um they're shooting this like I think it's the eye of uh, the the Washington eye or whatever the needle right, and it was going to fall on a bunch of scouts and the scouts ran away from it so the ship came and <laughs> moved stopped them. it and That's moved right. it over and it kept on chasing <laughs> it. I was like, oh Jesus! <laughs> they dropped it on them anyway. They dropped it on them anyway. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is actually tough. So yes, yeah. uh, good call. That's not bad. Thank you. Okay, my number nine now, Paul. When I was uh, a young man. Uh, around the early aughts. I used to do a thing with some friends of mine that used to work in the city with me called T-Fact, and that standard for Teen Flick and Cosmopolitan's Tuesday. Oh, I think I know where this one's going. Yeah, so we went... Honorable um, mention for me. Honorable mention, yeah, because I, I didn't expect this to be good, but I had a very good time with it, along with being drunk on Cosmopolitan. Sure. It's not another teen movie. Yes. That's okay, it. so we have Captain America's first, to my mind, starring role. And it is a, yes, a teen comedy that parodies all the popular films of the 80s and 90s, like American Pie, She's All That, 10 Things I Hate About You, Breakfast Club, Your Mother, all that shit, right? I think the best thing about this film... Therefore, it becomes a spoof because it's parodying multiple films. Yes, I think so. I think so. That's the way it works? Sure. In the genre? Right, right. And it's just silly. making reference callbacks to moments. Exactly. First of all, expectations were low, and yes, I was drunk. However, when the movie starts in such a spectacular manner with a massive shit joke and a vibrator joke, and it makes it so nailed. Can, just, can you possibly imagine Wayne being any harder <laughs> than at that moment? Well, the shit. I don't know. I'm not that guy, Paul. <laughs> but uh, it was so good. And like Chris Evans as well. I wouldn't say that I look at him and go, well, he's definitely a star, right? Just turns out he became a star. Mm-hmm. But it was done so incredibly well. And um, I liked uh, all of the, like, the sixpence on the richer kind of, like, theme song of the girl walking down the stairs and then she stacks it and yep. all that. Shit like that really, really worked. So I'm a big fan of it. I was surprised pleasantly at how well it worked. Okay. Shouldn't have gone that way. Yeah, I agree. That There's some funny moments in this. Somewhere back along the line we did whatever countdown we did and there were some great moments from this movie that you can catch on YouTube. Yeah. Some, that, that 
that resonate 20, 20 years? 2001? 2004? Uh, 20, 2001. 2001. There you go. So 21 years later. Holy shit. There you go. Feels still <laughs> contemporous to me, but yeah. I know, right? It's uh, Well, this is how it is when you get old. When you get old, that's right. Speaking of old, around the same era, my number eight is a film which all others are number nine or lower, Idiot. except <laughs> the top seven that come above it. It's Mystery Men. Okay, again. <laughs> this is absolutely a spoof of the superhero genre. But, okay. They're taking the piss. They're taking the piss, but the idea behind the film the four was... four films actually take the piss. about. This is the first film that did this. Well, what it did was it was about... Shit, superheroes. Yes, right. So taking the piss out of superheroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I think, I think in that's in, the, in that's its way, absolutely. That's the definition of a spoof, man. But if it was taking like the good superheroes and then making them fools, that would be more spoofy. No, no this is spoof enough. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm not gonna fight. I think, I think it's this a great is one. Definitely a spoof. I absolutely love Mystery Man. If I go to Wikipedia, I left it off for that reason because I love Mystery Man, but I thought it was good in its own right without being a spoof. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, I think the fact that now that I think about it, the Invisible Man, who's like. Uh, I can go invisible, but only when nobody's looking. Is quite spoofy. So yes, you don't have to. You don't have to check it out, Paul. I'm, 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 I'm reading through good. the. Uh... No, it's fine. It's fine. Don't lawyer me. It's all good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, something about Danny DeVito was in talks to both star and direct, but negotiations broke down over who would produce the soundtrack. It was a big deal for me. DeVito said, "I really wanted it, so I walked away from the project." Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Even Ben Stiller walked away. But the guy who directed this never made another movie. Kinka Usher. I've never heard of him before. Exactly. Again. $68 million film. Only made $34 million at the box office. Did it fail? Oh, did it ever. Do you know... Um, the that... world wasn't ready for a piss take of superhero films. Well, that's... Uh, so I'm... This movie itself is one of those rare kind of classy kind of like... I didn't know it I didn't know it bombed because... Even though it had generally positive reviews from critics. Yeah, it's one of those like things like, you know, uh, All Star Smash Mouth, you yep. know, you know, that song, right? So that... I actually remember that a little bit more than the movie, but um, the <laughs> idea... <laughs> <laughs> but the idea, no, I think the best thing about it was... Mr. Was it was what was Ben Stiller's character? Mr. Furious. Mr. Furious, right? So his whole superpower is that he just gets angry. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's pretty funny, right? The dude with he threw forks instead of knives. He's like, why don't you throw knives? Because like right? the Blue Raja. Yes, that's him. And then William H Macy, we just had a the shovel. shovel. The shoveler, yeah. Uh, and it was like, yeah, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny stuff. Yeah, no, good, good call. If yeah, uh, that, again, that that technicality is the only reason I left off on my list. My list. Boo. But I, you know, I these think things this happen. Is clearly, clearly, a yeah, spoof yeah, of yeah. The totally genre. fine, totally fine. All right. Now, my number eight is, to my mind, a very unsung like mystery man. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, movie about it actually is a take on the black exploitation films, and okay. it's called Undercover Brother. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Now, Undercover Brother is Eddie Griffiths, but it does have people like Janice Richards and uh, Neil Patrick Harris and Chris Kattan, Dave Chappelle, all in there, okay? And the idea here is that, yes, it's a parody of the black exploitation films, but Undercover Brother is recruited by the Brotherhood, <laughs> which is an African-American like spy agency, Fair enough. Right? Yep. to infiltrate a sinister underground movement headed by a, an evil called The Man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yep. So that's what it was. Now this is a, this is an oldish film, okay? But what year was this? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't reckon you can make this movie this this year either. You definitely couldn't because the jokes that it made these these are among the jokes it's made. Okay, Denise Richards is just looking as good as she ever has in this film. Okay, and she is actually introduced as the black man's kryptonite <laughs> because <laughs> she's so blonde and hot and whatever, and uh, she's deployed literally by the bad guy to say, "Okay, it's time for black man's kryptonite," and then she just turns up, right? Uh, <laughs> This Neil Patrick Harris works for the African American the Brotherhood, right? Good. Yep. And he's the one learning about like, wait, so whenever a black man does well and starts wearing Dockers and buys a few Celine Dion records and dates a white girl, he's selling out. And they're like, yeah, that's why it works and stuff, right? <laughs> There's those jokes, and also they have to train him to be a white friendly black man by teaching him how to eat mayonnaise. <laughs> And he tries to go, oh! so they give him this like secret fucking watch that spits hot sauce into any sandwich he's eating. <laughs> it's that kind of humor. And there is a particular thing. Do you remember Romeo Must Die? Racially based. Oh, absolutely. And racial humor is hilarious. Racist humor is not. I will I will die on this hill, everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, remember Romeo well, Must Die? Because it's oh, she made by African Americans. It's fine. I, it's totally a, a black film, I guess. Yeah. But um, the uh, remember Romeo Must Die? They were you're in the fight to take sequences. the piss out of yourself. You're not allowed to take the piss out of others unless they're the majority. Dude, culture. these days you're not allowed to take piss out of yourself. I've been I've been in trouble for making Asian jokes, and I'm like, fuck you. Well, you, you 
I'm pretty much Asian. I know what you're saying. Pretty much <laughs> most episodes of the countdown fit you going, I'm Asian, bro. It's fine. I know. <laughs> but I still get my ass kicked for it. Now, do you uh, who? People. I've actually had people shout me down at work because I made it. Oh, at work? But not on the podcast. No. But work. Fuck work. Anyway, so. <laughs> There's an insight to Wayne's current mindset. Oh, yeah, totally. I will tell you this, though. Um, again, remember Jet Li had that film, Romeo Must Die? Yes. And then it, the, one of the, the conceits of the film was when they beat you up or you break your arm, the scene turns into X-ray and you see the arm breaking. And oh, then yeah. Seems, yeah. yeah. Now you a, mention it? Yeah, there's a scene like that in Undercrabble, brother. So they take the piss out of that, are they? Dude, they put a f- he puts a foot in someone's ass <laughs> and it turns X-ray. It's, it's like, oh, it's hilarious, okay? Undercrabble, brother, is an unsung, really funny film. Okay. you got to check it out, everyone. I have seen it once, but a long time ago, I don't. Oh. Worthwhile. There's a scene where Denise Richards and another girl fights, and they end up in the shower, and there's other guys fighting in the back, and they stop and look at them, and then they. This the next scene is someone brings a couch and they get popcorn and shit, and just start watching. Very cool stuff. Anyway, trust me, undercover brother, y'all hit it. My number seven. I'm dialing up to eleven, Wayne. Oh well, bring it. This is Spinal Tap. Ah, Spinal Tap, a classic. One of the great mockumentaries of all band films, of music films. To my mind, the first of its kind. Yeah, well, the best of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think it's ever been surpassed. This, this kind of let's completely mockument. I mean, they've they've done this. The same group have done several of these films yeah. ever since. Uh, a Mighty Wind, this one, the yeah. best in show, best in show. Yeah, and they're all fine, but none of them come close to this one, which I hadn't watched until the era of the show, two, three, four years ago. I can't remember when it was, mm. and really dug the shit out of this from the. Um, the drummer getting killed every in all weird in different ways. To oh, I just got you getting- running it up to eleven thing. Sorry, I just Thanks. got it. I just got it. Sorry. <laughs> Good. Better late than never. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Lost backstage. They're trying to keep themselves hyped as they're walking out to a, to a concert and taking a wrong turn. Um, I have uh, David Caruso said this once. Uh, he said that if you've ever started or tried to have a band as a young person, this film will break your heart <laughs> in terms of how close to home it hits. I can't remember who said this, and I don't. I don't want to name the band because I think I would be wrong if I said a bit, but. Mm. There were several big name bands at the time who thought this was an actual documentary when watching it. Really? I get that. Because they made their music for this. They, they, they're talented musicians, yeah, all the yeah, cast yeah. in here. And, they, and it was the, the first songs of in it actually are, I don't know if you can download them on on Spotify or on an Apple, what do you call it? Yeah, iTunes? Yeah. Or, uh, Apple no, music. I, think, I think, yeah, it is, it's a soundtrack. But there's soundtrack. proper, these are proper songs that they've made and they are legitimately funny. Oh, yeah. Um, have you seen Anvil? There's a documentary story about a band. Story about, yeah, it, that's actually a heartbreaking thing. That's like the real version of this, right? Because they're you know, although you know Metallica that that music that that one uh, for whom the no oh, so what's, whichever the, the uh, from here to eternity yeah or something like that? that one was the the brave thing the bravest thing was that the guy they're all, they're mostly dickheads and they're quite happy to show you that they're dickheads Metallica. Oh no, you're thinking of um some kind of monster which yeah. is behind the scenes making one of their one, one of, of their, their albums. albums yeah. yeah, and it's like you guys are dickheads. <laughs> We were going fuck, but this was of course a parody. It's a real like your fly on the wall type thing. Totally. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't have released it if I was Metallica. I'm like, wow, I wouldn't respect myself watching this. But there you are. So yes, nice work. Um, eternity. I don't think that's what it's called. I by don't the way, know. That, was just, that was another one that they did. It was kind of a like music of Metallica of a guy trying to get to the concert, is going through an adventure, and their music scoring this adventure. Ah, yes. It's a very strange film. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Documentaries, eh? I think it's directed by Nimrod Anton. The guy did Predators, but good anyway. memory. For some random shit, yes. All right, that's my number seven. This is Spinal Tap. Nice one. This number seven of mine is a film I saw in Singapore, if memory serves, Ooh. when I was a youngster. Spaceballs. Yeah, look, dropped off my list at the very end. It's, I understand. It is, it is my number 11. Well, this is why I remember, I think because it, I'm sure this happened in the, I want to say 80s. We 88. ain't found shit. If we ain't found shit. All right. So that shit's so funny. I, I remember just bursting into tears laughing. And I saw it in Singapore. Comb the desert. Comb the desert. What about you guys? And one's got an afro for comb. I mean, that's just classy, man. And also, Mel Brooks, okay? So it's Mel Brooks, right? So he's the, he's you might say. Arguably the, the king. You would say though, right? Because he's the classicist that made We'll see how many more, if any more of his films come up on our list. Indeed. And this is why, and Star Wars being, you'd think it might be an untouchable franchise. Yeah, sacrosanct. Absolutely. But then they go and do this. And you've got jokes about when he teleports, his ass is in front of him and he scratches it. That's funny. Uh, you've got like, you know, Starbuck and you know, all these stuff. Ludicrous, things. ludicrous speed. Ludicrous <laughs> speed. That, that, we can't stop. It's too dangerous. <laughs> Bullshit! Stop this! That fucking thing is pure <laughs> funny, man. And I don't even... Good, good film. Yeah, exactly. And even the like the lightsabers with the Schwartz is as big as mine and stuff and it's a ring and it's if on the I, dick. If and... I wanted to win, I'd include this one. Left off Mars Attacks. <laughs> 
That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying that it's, it's, I don't know, it was class all the way. It was class all the way. Uh, yeah, so Star Spaceballs, I mean, uh, is Star my... Star Spaceballs. Star Wars. <laughs> is my number seven. Star Balls. <laughs> I've had Star Balls. <laughs> Only after being kicked there by yeah, Amanda right. Souza. Right. Oh, yeah. You got kicked in the balls by Amanda Souza, didn't I did, you? Yeah. This is a girl that we used to go to high school with. Yep. Uh, she used to kick guys in the balls. Who, um, who just missed me the other day about our 30 year <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, hey, are you, I dare you to send this episode to her. <laughs> <laughs> we do a podcast. She listened to our last episode. Yeah, we won't mentioned be, you. Won't be quite our last episode. <laughs> uh, my number six is uh, maybe best described by a bit of music. I thought you said music. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Austin Powers, colon, international oh! man of mystery. That's my number six. Oh, there we are. Right in sync. Tell us about Middle. it, Paul. Look, this is a straight parody of James totally. Bond films. It's actually the, the 60s spy thing genre, but definitely James Bond. But I think particularly aimed at James sure, Bond. Sure, sure. Like, if you're going to... I don't know how many other James Bond... Sorry, 60s spy films I've seen, so maybe you are more of a... The only thing that like sort of flies in the face of that is that because Austin Powers has the frilly thing, the actual 70s clothes, which Bond didn't do. He's still... No, but again, it's it's... Exaggerating exactly, and exactly. going over the top with totally, everything. Totally, totally. So, yeah, this is on there. But this is the guy who somehow, and that's the gag is, of course, that he's not an attractive man, but he's got the mojo. Mm-hmm. Baby, yeah. And so women throw themselves at him left, right, and center, which is the joke about James Bond, is particularly in the early iterations that, look, they're all attractive men, you know, Sean Connery and George Lazenby and Roger Moore, but they're also probably wouldn't be pulling what they're pulling, let's put it that way. It's a little yeah. bit of the Seinfeld. Sean Connery might have, Maybe. right? Roger Moore was well, until they found out that he, that he would smack him around if they didn't do what he said. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> which we do not again endorse, back then. Funny, well, it's funny because it's just so blatantly how Wrong. how DV he was. No, oh, dude, he was like that in real life. I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the, the joke. Not about James Bond. James Bond wouldn't do that, but that Sean Connery no. would. You know this, just even this, this the, the three films, right? All three of them. But this one we're talking about the first one. Look, the second one I think is excellent. The second and one is excellent. I was very like, oh, maybe I'll put the spy shag me in here. Dude, me too. Gold member is garbage by comparison. It's lost its magic by you then. You know what? You know what? I almost prefer a gold member to the No. Here's the thing, right? Here's what happened. Here's what happened, right? Get the fuck out of here. Look, look, listen, listen. Let me tell you about the we'll talk about the series, okay? The spy who shagged me was initially the funniest parody titled I ever actually heard. And then in Singapore, where I was born. It was changed to The Spy Who Shocked Me. <laughs> now, Paul, ask your wife about this. The term... The spy Who Shooked Me. Shocked. shocked. If I had to spell it, it would be S-H-I-O-K-E-D. All right. Now, ask your wife about this. In Singapore... I'm going to Singapore in about six weeks. Ask I, everyone sh- you go there about around it. around there and go, hey, would you like to shook me? No. Here's how, <laughs> the term actually... When you speak well of something, you're saying it's shock. Typically, it's about food. So here's what my parents would I'm say. I'm shocked. No, no, no. You'd use it like this. <laughs> My cousins, who are hearing this now, are going to piss themselves off. <laughs> okay. okay. If you like, right. say something you're eating. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just hold that thought. Thrill me. Go. Fuck off. All right. So, <laughs> if you like something, right, and you're eating, you would look to other Asian members of the table and say, "Damn shock ah." That's what you would say. Damn shook ah. Shock ah. Shock ah. Shock. That's what it means, is right? It like, is it la shook la ah or la will work? Will work. Okay, will work. Good. Yeah. And everyone in my cousins is pissing their pants right now, okay? And so... The, the well, all your cousins can imagine me going to Singapore <laughs> in six weeks. And I'm going to try and Dude, bust that out. Dude, if you drop that, I want you to film it and drop it on the fucking show, all right? Because that would be class. Oh, yeah, beaten up? Uh, just ask Patsy about this. She'll okay. piss herself now okay. too, all right? So, um, yeah, so they couldn't use shag in single because it was a bit too spicy. So yes. they're shocked, all right? Then gold member became the funniest thing I ever heard in terms of okay. a, a probably prom- yeah. Gold member, man. Goldfinger. Gold, hilarious, dude. If your dick is gold, it's awesome. Well, if your dick is gold. <laughs> Let's now hear from the experts. Oh, God. Uh, yes. No. So here it is. Like, that's it. The, the, the spy who shagged. No, sorry. The, the whole thing. But let's say. What was gold member meant to be? Hey? What was it translated to? You didn't finish that, did you? Which one? Gold member was called what in Singapore? Oh, no. That was called gold member. Still, I, I was just talking they about didn't change that one. No. Gold member is fine, but shagged. Really? Apparently. I, look, hey, it's, a, it's, it's an odd government. I can tell you that. <laughs> Can't chew fucking gum over there, yeah, son. So don't right. even worry I'm about okay. it. I haven't chewed, chewed gum. <laughs> We didn't expect gold, like, oh, sorry, Austin Powers to be that funny, though, did we? We were sitting there going, okay, I guess this is happening. Some of those gags in that film, like, particularly the, the guy's getting run over and then we cut to his, his friends. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah, That's right. And then it's moving really slowly from that <laughs> wide cut. 
which you'd think wouldn't work, but it did. And, and, and then Rob Lowe is getting together. Yeah, he was a good guy, wasn't he? That's right. And they're all having a wake for him. That's right. It's like, no one thinks about the henchman that died. <laughs> I don't know you get Seth. I think what made the second one really good was Seth Green's addition and Definitely. Was Fat Bastard in two or three? I think three. Three. Because be that was fucking funny as well. He continued in three. I think Mini Me was two. Know. You know what nailed me for number three? The Tom Cruise fucking thing at the beginning. That 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 fucking like Mission Impossible two? No, he no? Tom Cruise played Austin Powers in the beginning of Goldmember. I've forgotten that. I know. It was a it was a cameo. And then they did Watched another it one. With once in two thousand. John Travolta, all the, I'm telling you, it's, if you watch it again now, it's better than you think you remember. So yeah. Uh, I was pretty was, devo at the time, but uh yeah, look, the first one. Classic, absolutely deserves this place as list. So well done. Six for both of us. I That's guess right. that means back to me for number back five. To you, son. Here's one which won't be on your list, I don't think, Wayne, even though I think it is a very fine mockumentary of the found footage slash horror genre. It's what we do in the shadows. Yes. Uh no, not on my list, but good God, this is popular. Taika Watiti directing Jermaine Clement. And look, it's just so fucking funny. Bunch of vampires who are housemates living together. And it's gone to spawn a four-season excellent show. Mm. I'm, to be honest, I'm only halfway through the third season. Not because I don't love it, because I'm trying to find time to watch it. Yeah, It maintains the quality with a bit of really? Matt, Matt Berry in there. Matt Berry is the shit, so I'm not surprised. But this one, very, very clever from all the, the shit about you know living together and that kind of all-day, everyday thing while being a vampire to the competition with the werewolves. Oh, sorry, we're werewolves, not swearwolves. Yes, I remember this now. Yes, yes. Just joke after joke, which absolutely land. 4.1 on Letterboxd. One of the highest scores for comedy I've ever seen. So, and take it with Tiddy himself playing the main character in there. It's almost hard now to think because this is a 90-minute film. Yeah. And we've had four seasons of a TV show, which has used all the same jokes at one point or another through the first season or two, mm. but then expanded and gone beyond it. So, this would arguably be the great one of the greatest transitions of a movie into a TV show I can possibly think of. Well, your thoughts on, so Taika Waititi does this, right? Then mm-hmm. he does like all a bunch of other stuff. And then he goes like, okay, so Thor, Love and Thunder. And the thing about, sorry, Thor the first Actually, one. I, t- I need to apologize. Taika yeah. Waititi and Jermaine Clement directed this, ah. co-directed. Oh, very cool. After Thor, Love and Thunder, I don't know if he's lost his touch a bit in, in the funniness thing. It wasn't as funny as the way it should have been, don't you think? Or was it just not as good a movie? I'm not sure how that went. I think, okay, this is a complete guess. I have yeah. no knowledge, no inside of it count. No one is telling me. This is what happened. Yeah. So I've got no insider knowledge. But sure. I think yeah. Taika Waititi came into Ragnarok and it was largely, it was written. Like, here's the script. Really? And he Taika Waititi'd it up and maybe got a polish or a rewrite. Yeah. The difference is he got given Love and Thunder. You write it from the ground up. Yep. Ah, and it became a bit more ridiculous. I think it's just too much Taika Waititi. Yes. Yes, you're right. That's my guess. Yes, you're right. But then he does do like that that World War II movie and yeah, stuff. Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. But, that, but he's not playing in the same sandbox. Yeah, there. you're right. You're right. That's he his own knows character. I've got to be respectful, and I'm, I'm even though I want to be funny, and you know this kid's got Adolf Hitler as imaginary friend. Mm. Uh, I'm being ridiculous and ludicrous, but at the same time, I need to be respectful. Seri- yeah, yeah. Whereas the MCU is so. I mean, the MCU is almost a parody of itself by this point in time. It's I can't so wait. far over the fucking top and ridiculous now. I can't wait for you to see the last episode of She-Hulk. I don't know. Um, if I, can, I don't know if I can do it. I'm gonna get, I get through seven more episodes to get to there. I'm really, really down on the MCU at the moment. I'm sorry, but that's a different podcast uh, okay, altogether. Okay, no, I'm still watching because I, uh, you know, my standards. Managed are to get through Werewolf at Night or Werewolf by Night, whatever the fuck it's called, and because it's 50 minutes long, minus credits, maybe 48 minutes long, minus, minus credits. Good. Oh, is it? That's it. Done. Bang. Oh. Finished. Out. Excellent. Okay. It wasn't excellent. It was fine. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Um, but all right what yeah. we do in the shadows? Really funny. Really funny. From ex-girlfriends to new roommates to, you know, let's not kill this person. Blood all over the walls. Just adding that horror element in and being just a spoof of the whole vampire sort of genre. Yeah. I think everyone loves this show. Yeah. So far enough. Uh, my number five is... Uh, this is probably the, my earliest memories of even watching films at Cinema City in Perth, which oh, yeah. is like not yep. there anymore. No, it's gone. Uh, it's The Naked Gun. Uh, low. low. All right, good. From the files of Low. <laughs> now, I should mention, when I first encountered what this movie was and had no idea who Leslie Nielsen or anyone was, I saw the big, like, sort of, like, they had made this massive standy kind of like, thing across the, the top of the cinema, and it was him on a bullet, on a bullet yeah. like, flashing his badge and had a gun. And so it looked like a, a serious film to me. <laughs> 
Really? That might look like the way they shot it. His serious <laughs> thing was like, okay, well, I guess this is just like license that they do. I thought it was serious. I know, I know, I thought it was serious. Looking at the poster right now, I'm laughing at you. I know, but like, if, if the thing is, it could be conceptually serious. Remember, it was the '80s. We didn't know what we were doing. I mean, that's not. No, I want to mention it because that's <laughs> that's another film on my list. Okay, but like, so then when I saw this, and I didn't, and then and it became like this whole thing. I didn't. Re- I had never obviously seen Police Squad. No, I, I had never. Seen. I watched this. Yep. So I, I th- it was so funny, so good. OJ Simpson, you could laugh at him. You know, it was and and <laughs> back and when he could, back when you could, and he was, you know, yet a murderer. It actually made me think that oh. Being grey and old might be cool. <laughs> That's how much I liked it. Leslie Nielsen, dapper motherfucker. Dude, he got fucking Priscilla Presley and shit. Like, it was like all not, not kinds of movie. Games. It was this movie. No. Yeah. Was she in this one? She was. I could have thought she came in the second one. I'm sure it was this one. You are correct, yeah, sir. Yeah, she was, was in every one. one. I apologize. And the, and then, to be honest with you, they got funnier and funnier, These this this thing. Even 33 and a third, where no, he was taking a good. piss and, like, you know, he's they're like... Good, the, but this is the funniest one. This is the funniest because we didn't Un- expect it. Questionably, the funniest one. Now we hadn't seen Police Squad. A lot of the jokes in Naked Gun from the files of Police Squad, now. as they're referencing, are jokes from Police Squad. Absolutely. Had you seen Police Squad, maybe it wouldn't have hit as hard. That's true. And I went to Planet Video and, and rented all of the videos of Police Squad and watched every one of them. There's only a few episodes. Right? Six, I think. Right? Yeah, maybe. very few, very few. But I was sitting there going, holy shit, this is that. It's just that it was filmed back then and he only looks the same, but younger, but the same. And, and these are the guys. This is Zucker, Zucker, and Jim Abrams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the guys. These three dudes, David Zucker, Jerry Zucker, and Jim Abrams, are arguably responsible, along with Mel Brooks. Those are the four big names. That's true. In this whole genre that we're talking about today. And we've got to give our absolute credit to those gentlemen who just funny as fuck. Yeah, and I think that's why this thing hit so hard because you're primed to laugh at any moment of these. It was very consistent laughs. And even in, I don't know which one it was where that where, where OJ Simpson literally is catching a baby like at the end of fucking Untouchables or whatever and he starts doing a fucking line dance with the fucking baby and spikes <laughs> that shit's in the background that happened you know what I mean oh, <laughs> was... I'm looking at the poster again how did you think this was serious but anyway yeah cause he well his serious face look at his serious face Paul it's a serious face it's a comic face no he's like talking he's to the lo- microphone he's, he's looking he's looking he's got his brow <laughs> it's like I'm telling you man I, again like I was, I was a young man <laughs> Uh, this this has so many funny moments. Right the way down to Enrico Palazzo. Enrico Palazzo. <laughs> Looks like Phil Con Donahue breaking into a tuba. I know. All of this shot went down, man. I loved... Um... When he rips the face mask off. When he's the umpire. 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 Oh, yeah. And just stands up in the crowd says, It's Enrico Palazzo! <laughs> you liked that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's all pure class. Especially the... um. They had a James Bond-like... Like, you know, the, the the gadget section where the guy's showing him all the new gadgets he can give you. That was cool. I think this is one of the absolute funniest films of all time. I'm putting it out there right now. Like, Ooh. it is... How long is this movie? I'm going to look at it right now. It is 86 minutes. There is not a minute of this movie other than maybe credits that mm. you're not laughing. It's so fast. Yeah, it's consistent. Bam, 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 bam. It's comedy. You miss it. I would happily watch this whole trilogy again tonight. <laughs> If I had time, I don't. I'm doing a podcasting, but <laughs> because I just I haven't watched it in too long. I would say five years is too long because you're going to miss five jokes. Well, for I every would, ten that hit, I would be interested if this it thing held up. up. Yep. Because right. this, challenge accepted. This may be where I I got my pinch round for women wearing white men's shirts <laughs> and nothing else. Okay, that's where she did it mm-hmm. in this film. So there you are. Uh, so yes, there you are. Uh, wicked, nice work. Uh, oh, sorry, that was me. <laughs> What's your next one, Paul? Sure. Nice <laughs> <laughs> work. Pat that back, bitch. <laughs> My number four is an Edgar Wright film, but it's not Shaun of the Dead, which I left off this list altogether. Surely not, Yana. It's Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz, yes, absolutely. Which is an absolute fucking spoof of the action buddy cop thing, which to the point where they're literally, have you ever fired two guns into the air? While yelling or whatever, yeah. Have you ever died while firing two guns at a bad guy? No. And of course they do all that. They do all those things in this film. Hot Fuzz. Edgar Wright, people will tell you this is the best Edgar Wright film. It's hard to argue. It's not my favourite, but this and Shaun of the Dead are two absolute classic, classic films. The first two films, the Cornetto Trilogy. This one nailed it hard, bro. Oh, man. Because it was more accessible because it wasn't a horror. Yes, I agree. It's got more people have seen action films. Action is a wider genre than horror. No no question at all. Uh, We know 
Judy Dutrin from the Shaken Not Nerd podcast who hope you guys are all okay in Melbourne. By the way, everyone in Melbourne and Victoria, we've been lashed by floods. Our yeah. thoughts go out to you. We hope everyone's okay. Look, I just think this film is hilarious from the get-go. Why it works Even, so well, if you ask me? Well, it's Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright? Well, and, but it, I'm pretty sure that Simon Pegg and, and Nick Frost worked on the script of this as well. Yeah. No, it's pure class. And the thing is, though, like because it's set in like country town oh, England. Just Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg. No Nick Frost influence here. Sorry, my apologies. But he nailed it. Uh, he's a great... He, arguably, he's the best character in this film. You might argue, yes. Nicholas Angel is obviously the action hero. Yeah. Time, but to and have it's funny that they got Danny Butterfield... Yeah. He's, he's like, because I think it's the falling through the fence <laughs> after the big jump and shit like that. <laughs> but that's just a callback to Shaun of the Dead. Is it? Yes. Oh, I didn't know. Where well. he jumped the fence yeah. and is like, it's not that hard, it's just over the fence. And he runs boing, off boing, boing. and he hits the fence and knocks it over. And yeah. He jumps up and dusts himself off. Whereas this one, he gets over it, no worries. And then Danny goes to do it and knocks the fence Ah, off. So it's a callback joke. There you are. No, that's good. Uh, yeah. It, 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 I remember um, Nicholas, or whatever, Simon Pegg or whatever, were talking about it and they were saying that, yeah, we had a choice to do the next film. We didn't know what we were going to do, what genre, this, that. And we chose to be, we just chose to do a balls out action film, which it was, but it was funny. And having Timothy Dalton in there, I think that's, that's the way the cookie crumbles. You know, that shit's yeah, funny well, stuff. But a bit, a bit of James Bond in there, yes. you know what I mean? Look, this cast is also huge, especially in the current light of, of day. So let me just run you through Bring some it. of the cast too. I said Butterfield, I think it's Buttermoon, okay. his Nick Frost character. And his dad, Jib Broadbent. Yep. Inspector Frank Butterman. Paddy Considine, the king on House of the Dragon. Oh, he was one of the detectives. Yes. Rafe Spall. Also the other detective. The other the other detective. Olivia Coleman, Academy Awarding Award winning Olivia Coleman is another PC in the in the thing. Is that the one with the dark hair? Yeah. Ah. Bill Bailey. Timothy Dalton is it? Edward Woodward is one of the That's old, right. the old the guys. Thing. That's right. Rory McCann also from Game of Thrones. Like this cast is stacked. Stuart Wilson, who's rest he? in peace. Stuart Wilson's the bad guy in Lethal Weapon Three. Oh shit, he was in there. Yeah. Is he American? He's American. Yeah. Ah, very nice. I remember that uh, a, a popular line from here was like, "If you want to be a big cop in a small town, fuck off down the model village." <laughs> <laughs> and then they do. That's right. And <laughs> then they call it. They call it. Well, Nicolars. <laughs> You know, I'm like, that's stupid, but it's funny. Yarp. Yarp. Yeah. Good class. Good stuff. So Good many stuff. funny things. Hot fuzz. Very worthy, I think, entered onto this list. Nice one. Now, my number four makes it to number four because... I personally did not expect this to be any good, and it stood a lot of the test of time, and a lot of people like this, not just academically, but it was amazing. Galaxy Quest. Yeah, look, uh, honorable mention? I honorable didn't mention. Ever, I didn't write it in, because, and, and here's, I was being true to myself, liked the movie, laughed a lot when I watched it, don't remember anything about other than the premise, so I, I, had, to, I had to step back. I agree with you. Like, it's, I've only seen it a couple of times but myself. But a great choice. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's got uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor uh, and Alan, uh, Alan Rickman, and... Sigourney Weaver looking basically Thank better you. than she's ever looked. So I'm glad you mentioned Sigourney. Because like I remember seeing, I remember watching Entertainment Tonight, Paul, and uh, they e. were ET before they actually released this film, and they were interviewing just like the the, the, the actors and and Tim uh, uh, Tim what's his name said Tim uh, Allen Tim Allen yeah Tim <laughs> Allen uh, he said you know what like the Toolman Taylor <laughs> Tim the Toolman Taylor he was saying that like all of the cast. Would be like, hey, what's up? We're just chilling over there. And then Sigourney Weaver walked out in that blonde hair and she had her titties out kind of thing. And everyone just actually stopped talking and Sigourney. Like that. And I was like, wow, because I didn't really find her attractive as Ripley because of the hair. Yeah, and fair then. Well, she's like, not meant to be attractive. No, but she's like, it's all awesome. And like, also, I sh- Sam Rockwell. That's, that's okay. Did he dance? So that's this shit. Hey? <laughs> I can't remember the if question he danced. Everyone all. wants to know why. I don't know if he danced oh, in this one, Paul. Look, if you ever mention <laughs> Sam Rockwell on this show again, your job is to. Tell us whether he danced Dance or not. not. Yeah. Got to say, I can't remember, admit that. But it was the perfect tribute to the genre. And I remember w- walking into it going, all right, well, I wasn't really a Trekkie, Paul. I wasn't really at the time. Um, and I think know. I'm more of a Trekkie than you, but even I haven't watched, I don't watch every episode no, of all the shows me religiously. Me neither, me neither. Me neither. all the films, but... Uh, yeah, me that, too. Yeah. Uh, but then when this one ended up being so... Like, it's not just funny and good. It was actually a great movie. It was actually a really, like, yeah. high, like, high-end it, yep. movie. And, uh, you know, there's Justin Long, Rain Wilson, all these other people, Tony Shalhoub that you wouldn't know. Uh, so, yeah. Tony Shalhoub had a good role in this film. He did. Memory. He did. It was great. So, yeah, perfect tribute to the genre while still being a spoof <laughs> or a parody. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, this one, my number three. Excellent mm. choice. Well done, sir. Thank you. My number three is arguably the greatest horror spoof. Slash parody of all time. Hmm. It's written, co-written by Joss Whedon, directed by Drew Goddard. It's The Cabin in the Woods. Really? Yeah. Was it number three? Yep. Shit. 
as in low or high? High. Man, this film. No, is, it's good. I liked the, it. The whole thing is a piss take about horror films. The whole thing is playing on the tropes of horror films. We're going to a cabin in the woods, mm-hmm. which has been orchestrated by this group behind the scenes to make sure they go there. So they that was be, the best part about it. So they can be sacrificed this whole time. Why are we coming back to this office kind of droney scientist scenario? And then eventually it all becomes clear that they have to be sacrificed, these kids, even though Chris Hemsworth is, is an A student and he's smart as fuck. He's not just a jock. He's and his really hot, hot girlfriend who is blonde is not a slut. She's dedicated to him and him alone. Oh, they're subverting. Yeah, they're subverting all the genre tropes as we progress through this movie. So, and then, but then as we progress and they get subjected to the drugs yes. and whatever else that, that makes them act this way, mm. that the stoner guy, the guy, he's actually the smartest of them all, and he he's the one that works it out first. I forgot all about that. This shit is fucking amazing. It is one of the cleverest films ever written. Yeah. Be cool. Uh, in my, I, I would happily do that countdown. This would be in the top ten, no doubt. Well, that's not a bad countdown. Mm. Mm. All right, all right. Um, the thing I remember about this film is it's just stupid. I mention it all the time, but there's like a scene where they because they they can they can obviously see what all the characters that they're controlling are doing, and someone plays some music or some shit, and it just cuts back to the two guys in ties dancing like idiots in the fucking thing. For some reason, I pissed my pants laughing. So <laughs> you know, it's it's definitely good stuff. So nice work. Yeah. So if you've never seen a cab in the woods. I don't want to spoil any more than I already have, but uh, this film just takes every horror trope and then turns it on its head by the end. So you are literally draw a great gape if you're a horror film fan like I am, going the pastiches, the acknowledgement. There's so many, yeah. so much clever shit for you. This They're would be basically explaining epic. every horror film ever made in with this film, which is and I still don't and get, all the dumb decisions, good. Wayne. All the things you yeah. hate about it are all explained in this film. It's so clever. Maybe one day I'll watch it again because I did remember liking it. And yeah, that I ending think, I, was quite harrowing. Yeah, harrowing, but... Well... I don't be, know. I think that the tone of the film is such that it doesn't leave you devastated or scarred. It's not a martyrs or what... Not you've seen martyrs, yeah, but yeah. nothing along those lines. This is like, oh yeah, that fits with what we've seen so far. Again, because it goes against trope. It goes against type. Now that I think about it, Joss Whedon having written this and then written that, that season of, of Buffy where there was a, a conglomerate that controls all the monsters. The initiative. The initiative. Yeah. Very much the same thing. So, yeah, something okay. similar there. You're right. Yeah. Yep. There you go. All right. My number three is an unpopular choice in today's climate, but I'm not going to leave it off the list because it is objectively awesome. Blazing Saddles. Full admission time. I've seen parts of this movie. Have you not seen it at all? Never seen it at all. I've never sat down and watched Blazing Saddles, so I couldn't, in good conscience, include it. Please tell us why it's on your list. Okay. So, Gene Wilder, Cleavon Little, and it is a parody of every Western ever at, up till the time it was made. It definitely Therefore couldn't be spoof. made. Therefore, spoof. Yes, yeah, I think. Yeah. Spoof. There's not one particular movie yeah. it's taking up, yep. no, for sure. Um, <laughs> We're really fucking getting <laughs> <here. laughs> Absolutely could not be made today. And of no. course, you know, the, the, the language and so on in it, you cannot absolutely no, say. You can't use those words. However, and this is an interesting thing. Now, it on its own is a great movie if you watched it in 1974, or in my case, in the 80s, it was still things that you could laugh at out loud without being... Farting. Farting. (laughs) Farting still can work today. That scene was... I've never seen... Actually, you know what? I had heard about the scene as a youngster before watching the film, then went on to watch the film. The scene comes up again. I still piss my pants. Now, what they do here, (laughs) right? If they didn't drop the N all the time, right? Mm. If they somehow had like a bleep or something, I think it still might work. Anyway, maybe not, maybe not. But all the archetypes are present for all these like, you know, the evil tycoon and all the... Here's here's Mel Brooks, right? Yeah. At his, at the height, arguably, of his powers. Definitely. other films around this time I don't like. Mm, I'll mention them in the listener feedback because I do get mentioned then. But this one, from what I've seen, it's funny. I I, I need to commit the time to sit down and watch it from beginning to end and just sort of turn off my N-word filter. Well, here's the thing. You literally have to try and take yourself back to a time... Sorry, I didn't do it. (laughs) My N-word reaction. Yes. Yes. But think about about it this way. The sheriff, Cleveland Little, the African-American sheriff that is maligned by everyone until someone fucks him. He is as close as you can get to Bugs Bunny. Okay. Because he moves through the movie untouchable like Bugs Bunny, even though he's in trouble every step of the way. Okay. That's kind of what's happening here. And from memory, the, the last part of the film breaks the fourth wall and they come out of the Dude, film. Dude, the last part is nuts. It's yeah. where the people... Yeah, exactly. It's what, and I've seen that bit, but not all of it. Well, that's the thing. It was an unsuspecting public that saw this at the time, and I believe that's why it became so notorious. Not because of the language and this and that, because at the time it wasn't a big deal. Now it is. There's another but, film that is, I presume is not in your top two. Monty Python? Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, the, Holy, the Holy Grail. Holy Grail? Yeah. Where, where the police are coming at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's much the same as that, but I tell you, this if you look at movies around this time, especially like Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin type movies, that shit happened a lot. They broke the fourth wall at the very end a lot. Really? Hey, Jerry, how you doing? You're, hey, Gordon, I hope you like this show. You know, they do that shit a lot. So it wasn't necessarily out of place at the time, but if you, you, you still wouldn't, not something you expect from a show like this. No. So, um, yeah, 93 minute show, Paul, and it just gets there. I so, you easily find the time. Absolutely. So, yeah, big fan. Blazing right. Saddles. Very nice. My number two, gotta be on your list, right? One or two, got to be Airplane. No. Oh, my God. Uh, what? All right, let me tell you about Come Airplane. On. Here's the thing about Airplane, right? The reason it's on my honorable mentions, and I saw this in the movies not that long ago, maybe five years ago, because in the outdoor cinemas, they actually play these classic movies, and I went to see it. I did like it, Paul. But all the jokes here, like, and don't call me Shirley, that shit turned up in every one of these guys' movies. Like, Shirley, you're iron. No, and don't call me Shirley. You know, that, 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 so all those Zucker, things. Zucker, Abrams, and Zucker. I think so. Um, and they actually kept on going. Now, the thing about Airplane is that, one, you know the female lead? She plays um, Marshall's mother in How I Met Your Mother. I always yes. thought she was gorgeous. Yes, right? Julie Haggerty. Julie Haggerty, right? So, so big fan of hers. story recently. Yep. Oh, yeah, big fan, big fan. Uh, so I adored that part of it. And I, and, and I think. You know how like this is this unsettled me slightly. You remember the 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 the, the How pilot? do I let Wayne start talking about why he doesn't like it? Like, Fuck off. Sorry. Get out of it. Sorry. All right, but all right, go on, Paul. Go here's on. Tell me how you love it, Paul. He's great. What's great about this film? The jokes are minute to minute. Like there's so many jokes. Yeah, everything. everything. If it's not a joke that's being verbally said, there's a joke in the background visually, which you'll cue to. You're yeah. Like, oh fuck. That was funny. It just it's nonstop. This is chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. I said. Naked Gun is in my top. It would be in my top ten comedies of all time. This is fucking close. This really piss take of these disaster films. I think it was called Vertical Point yeah, or something yeah, or other. Yeah. And then Airplane seventy six or whatever the fuck it was, where there's a this, this is a spoof of disaster films, but a, a parody of those particular yeah. movies. And it's just the the cabin crew interacting with the audience, and I don't speak jive. That, like that. The, jive so the jive thing with the subtitles right? again can't can't do it today. Can't do it today. Can't do it today. Absolutely unacceptable. But that thing with but the nineteen eighty dude, the grandma coming says, uh, "Excuse me, can I help? I speak jive." Yep. And then she, hey, blood, <laughs> hey this, hey that, whatever. And then the <laughs> and then the subtitles, wow. The guy goes, "Shit." <laughs> Hilarious, okay? Hilarious. And I wonder... Yeah, there's some racial profiling. We understand it. Doesn't it. Matter. We understand it's 40 years ago. you got to get a, judge these comedies Absolutely. at the time. Absolutely. You can't judge Blazing Saddles using the N-word. Exactly. Because it was 1974 exactly. or whatever the fuck it was. Exactly. You can't cancel it now, people. He already made his money. Yeah. So... <laughs> um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Well. He yeah. was the co-pilot. No, was he? Yes. Yeah, he, he was a good one. Lloyd Bridges on the ground as the air traffic controller. The funniest Peter, bit was Peter Graves as a, as a Peter captain. Graves. Yeah. There you go. And it's like Leslie Nielsen, of course. Now the shit's really going to hit the fan. And then they just cut to a fan, <laughs> like, thunk, and this piece of shit just hits it and falls. And I remember going, no, I, to be fair, I actually bellowed laughing when I saw that. I just laughed then. Because it was like, it was just like, it was so just unexpected so... and ridiculous. Exactly. You know what got me, though? And this is something that I definitely can't do now. The pilot, the Peter Graves pilot. Yep. He was a sex fiend, right? Because he's like, oh, oh hey, the, Billy, we're... come on. Oh, I see your dog is a boy dog. You know, he's talking about shit. And I'm like, damn. So that is even worse than the jive talk for straight up. But um, yeah, again, of its time, great. I did like it. I just left it off the list because I put Naked Gun on here. That's all. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I had no such reservations. So that's my number two, airplane slash flying high here in Australia. Awesome. My number two is going to be unpopular with everyone. Uh, but again, I'm being true. I, I, I showed this film to someone... Not two weeks ago. Ooh. It's pop star, never stop, oh, never stopping. No, I don't think it is. I think I'm the only person on like this movie. Really? Or, or just thought it was fine. I gave it two and a half stars. Dude. I thought it was fine. I thought the first 30 minutes was funny and it just got drawn out now. This- Unlike things like Airplane, where the comedy lasts throughout, that film died like a fucking... I maintain... out too hard. Too really? Far, too hot, too far. I maintain that this thing is... Oh, look, to be honest with you, it does have the third act where everything gets a bit like Pollyanna. But in terms of the class and the quality of the gag all the way through, it is actually, this is more a parody because it's uh, literally a parody of the Justin Bieber documentary, Never Say Never. Yep. But he calls it Pop Star, Never Never Stopping. Yeah. Now, it's about Connor for real, who is Andy Samberg. And he is, it's basically, but it's just like, you know, it's a can't be Andy Samberg. 
Yeah, exactly. But you know what the tragedy is? This film here, even like, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel or someone actually was said, I've never seen this film before until you came on then I watched it. Why isn't this the best movie of all time? Why isn't this an Oscar winning? Fucking good. It's fucking great. The amount of cameos in here are insane from like movie people. All right. Good like Jimmy Usher Kimmel. and this and that. He's, I'm telling you, man, this thing is pure class all the way through. And the music in it is of the Lonely Island quality. There's actually a song called Finest Girl, which you should absolutely look up. I, I remember looking at this going, I can't believe this one nailed it so hard and I'm really pissed that it, it apparently it bombed. Apparently it bombed. Yeah, it did. Didn't do very well. And it's like, if I was Andy Sandberg, I'd be like, well, thank God I got Brooklyn But I think those who love it, love it. Like, I don't know if I've ever heard someone else speaking bad about this film. Not that I'm speaking bad about it, I just thought it was really average. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. because you talked it up too much to me. Quite possibly. I, and I, I, I've us. made this mistake many times. So, well, we, yes. We both have each way. So, <laughs> you know, oh, this film's great. Oh, Paul, that was pretty average. Fucking average. What you didn't like from Wayne, that TV show? No. Shit. Yeah, sorry, Lazarus Project had to fucking bend your arm backwards to watch that shit. Yeah. Yeah, not for me. Hey, these things happen. Well, you, I think you liked it, but not as much as I did. <laughs> yeah, not there. Anyway, all right. And that's our 10-3-2. Let's uh, now go back and reveal those. Or not reveal those. Confirm those. And then reveal our number one. My number 10, time. Tropic Thunder. Nine, Mars Attacks. Eight, Mystery Men. Seven, This is Spinal Tap. Six, Austin Powers. Colon, International Man of Mystery. Five, What We Do in the Shadows. Four, Hot Fires. Three, The Cabin in the Woods. Two, Airplane, aka Flying High. My number one, unquestionably, without a doubt, the funniest film on my list and one of the funniest films of all time, The Naked Gun, colon, from the files, a police squad. Ah, so that's your number one. Fair enough. Yes. Fair enough. That's Fair enough. it fell. That, that's totally fine. For me, Wayne. Okay. My number 10 was Johnny Dangerously. Number nine, not another teen movie. Eight, Undercover Brother. Seven, Spaceballs. Six, Austin Powers, International Man of Whatever. Uh, five, <laughs> The Naked Gun. Four, Galaxy Quest, three blazing saddles, two pop star never stop, never stopping, and this is my go. favorite of them all, purely because of quality. It's MacGruber. Oh, MacGruber, yeah. everyone. I didn't say that on the list, and you would be here. Oh, dude, MacGruber is uh, it's essential. Okay, so take off of MacGyver, right? Because Will uh, mm-hmm. Arnett. Will Arnett. No, Will no. For- Forte. 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 Shit. Yeah, is essentially look and dresses <laughs> like it. Like what MacGyver. a podcast. Why was just doing this? <laughs> But it is literally the the premise of the movie is what if MacGyver sucked at problem solving is the idea here and it was the Saturday Night Live sketch which came into a movie but it should not have worked this well people it should not have worked this well everything about this film from Val Kilmer being the bad guy whose name is Kumpf right which they play perfectly uh, yep I'm telling you it seems like a cheap joke but it works incredibly well you've got Kristen seems like. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, and the best, thing, the best thing about it probably is to, even though it's a parody and the lead guy is supposed to be a bumbling dickhead, he actually has a buttload of skills and he can actually do this stuff and make it work out okay. And when he wins at the end, it is funny all the way through. So this has become a TV show now. And I'm proud to report that it is as good as the movie. The TV show is the shit. It's got all the same people the same in Same people in? Except okay. for Val Kilmer. So, uh, yeah. But then again, he buys the farm at the end of this one, so we can't be in that. So, uh, yeah. Absolutely fantastic. MacGruber. Cult following for some people. Completely unknown to others. I say watch it if you haven't, because it's definitely a recommendation. Definitely another one of those films I watched on your recommendation. Went, eh. See? This stuff happens, You're talking man. talking so hard. Exactly. I just loved it. You know what? Yeah. And again, when I saw it, I didn't expect a damn thing. So it's one of those things. But, but you still love the TV series. So clearly that, that kind of humor is whatever way oh, it's shape my, or form is working for you. It's my thing. It's my thing. Yeah. All right. That's Alice. But uh, before we go to your list in the Pop 10 segment, Wayne, honorable mentions. Uh, I'm, yeah, sure. Just run through them. We won't sure. talk about Scary it. Movie 3 is surprisingly good. I'm not seeing I've not seen a single scary movie. 3 has got Charlie Sheen in it. It's actually pretty funny. I'm telling you, it's weird. Okay. Robin Hood Men in Tights. Motherfucking mm-hmm. Top Secret. Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. I know you hated it. Uh, and Hot Shots. Yeah, yeah. Look, I didn't, I didn't include Hot Shots and Top Secret because again, I can't remember enough of the gags from it. Top Secret is the f- one of the, it might be the first movie I ever saw in a drive-in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm old. I would watch those films happily because they're both Zaz films as well, aren't they? Hot Shots and I, Top Secret. Good question. I'm not sure. Possibly. Anyway, so I had Shaun of the Dead. It was would have been sure instantly again my number one. I had Spaceballs, Monty Python, Holy Grail, Zombieland. Very close to mm. my list. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yeah, good show. Not in a team movie. And I thought this would be on your list, Wayne. Team America, Colin, World Police. It's great and it's funny, but it something about the marionettes didn't work as well for me as it did Fair for enough. everyone else. Fair enough. That's, so. that's my mentions and Wayne's. What about yours? We have every episode of The Countdown with your feedback on the topic at hand in a segment that's called The Pop 10. Talk about. Pop 10. Talk about. 
Kicking off this week's top 10 with John Huslander, who I believe has a big run tomorrow at time of recording. Good luck, sir. Number three, airplane, or as you Aussies call it, flying high. Yes, I'm serious and stop calling me Shirley. There you go. Number two, the original mockumentary, This Is Spinal Tap. Its movie rating goes all the way to 11. Yes. And then, Wayne, which Mel books to put here? Blazing Saddles, Spaceballs, High Anxiety. I'm going with the classic Young Frankenstein. Or is that Frankenstein? Did not like that movie. <laughs> it's was so, so black and overrated white. It's, for it's, me. Yeah, I know. I but know. I get it. People love it. John is in the absolute majority. Well done, sir, for that. Mina Harker, aka Dan. This is one that neither has even thought of, I don't think. Number three, Megamind, which is better than most films it's parodying. Will Ferrell as it's like a supervillain thing. Is it a parody though, or is it simply a kid's? Yeah, I, think yeah, it's okay, fine. Okay. I think it fits. Tucker and Dale vs. Evil because it perfectly depicts college kids. And number one, Hot Fuzz because who hasn't fired two guns simultaneously while diving through the air? Word. Paul Murphy said, scary movie, airplane, and don't go drinking juice with the boys in the hood in South Central La LA or something like Interesting. that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's it, yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. No, it's, it's, it's a title like that. <laughs> John Amanda for the Party Comics Podcast. Great show. Do check them out. Said the Naked Gun is quite possibly, yes, John, the funniest film ever. Number two, Tom Se- Top Secret, sorry, is a classic and one of my most watched childhood films. Hell yeah. And Airplane started it all. Those Zaz guys were trendsetters in this genre of comedy filmmaking mm-hmm. excellent well played sir matt rochelle said airplane easy number one well, almost i'll stick with the same rise directors for two and three top secret and the naked gun wow chef ben randall said top three parody movies robin hood men in Tyson, number three spaceballs number two and wayne vote for you number one galaxy quest word josh ragland who created the scavenger hunt for the podcast said number three spaceballs number two team america colin world police number one what we do in the shadow there you go your vote matt evans Hey, man, hey, going, your highness, number three. What? Underrated, but so good. Really? Dude, I fucking wanted to watch your highness. I fu- really, really... Actually, wait a minute. I think I didn't mind it as much as everyone else, but like even James Franco even said that's the worst fucking... Even you don't, don't defend it. However, that pales in comparison to Matt's number two. Grimsby pushes the boundaries. Grimsby is a massive pile of shit, Matt. Speaking of pile of shit, <laughs> I think Grimsby is the one where they hid inside the elephant's asshole. Yes. Yeah. I can't believe that scene, though. That film. <laughs> I love that someone loves it so much. It's, it's brilliant, but I fuck, I hated that movie. He he played that clip uh, in. A, I think it was either Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon show to the audience, and they just and he came back and and they, they were just stunned. <laughs> they were just stunned. Tropic Thunder parody, right? Yes, the best ever. Can't argue with that one. You've redeemed yourself. Well played, sir. <laughs> Timothy Williams, scary movie one. Penis through the peephole death. Don't know that. Can't remember. I've seen it. But I'm sure what happened. Number two, Naked Gun. Got to have one of the classics intro underrated. And number one, here is the proper title. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. There it is. Boys in the Hood is my all-time favorite movie. This did it justice. There you go. You can't argue with that hmm. at all. Kristen O'Cara said, Austin Powers, colon, International Man of Mystery. Number two, Megamind. Number one, Hot Fuzz. Hmm. Last couple here, Luke Alexander, High School High. Controversial, number two, Naked Gun, 33 and a third. And then number one, what you said, Scary Movie 3. Yeah, it's, again, it's it's surprisingly good. And then lastly, the word goes to Cat Reed, new member to the Facebook listening community. Welcome, hey, Kat. Kat. Do join up if you're not involved thus far. Number three, Airplane. The movie still makes me laugh after all these years. Number two, here we go. Austin Powers, The Spy Shagged Me. Very quotable movie. Big number game. one, Shaun of the Dead. Not only a great parody of zombie movies, but probably in my top five movies of all time. You speak of the truth, Kat. Well played. And thank you to everyone who got back to us. We're sorry we couldn't get through all the feedback. We really, truly do appreciate the interaction with the show. Nice one. Wayne, what's happening next week for episode 395? Believe it or not, we're going to do the top 10 fucking horror films, okay? So that's a Expect a giant piece of shit list from myself while I try and make it as amusing as possible for you to listen to. Now, Paul, I, on the other I hand. think Jared Demeza. Listen to the show, long-term listener, good, faithful patron to the show, Jezza. did a long time ago join us for a similar list about, I would say 300, maybe in 50 episodes ago. Wow. Something similar. So we're revisiting the list to see whether anything's changed <laughs> seven years later. Technically, I guess it's a redux. I can't even remember if it was straight for horror. I think it may have been. Jared, send your list in, mate. We'll make sure to read it out on, on the show. Uh, memories. See yeah. whether yours has changed at all. I've got to make a list of horror movies I've seen. How about that? <laughs> You will get past 10 because you've done more than 10 in this show alone. So I'm confident your list will be better than it was whenever you did it episode 50-esque. We'll see. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's for next week's show. What about then, Wayne? How do listeners get in touch with us and give us their feedback on the show or indeed this, these lists today? Google the Countdown Podcast, get our socials and, you know, interact. Hit up our website, if you like, thecountdownpodcast.com or send us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at the Countdown PC. You can like and follow the show through Podbean, where we host. And that's all you need to know about the show. I think we've covered it all off. Wayne, been fun today. Looking forward to next week. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been the Soundboard. What have I done to deserve this <laughs> bullshit? Wayne, thinking about next week's show. Yeah, that's actually real. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. Yeah.